Hello and welcome to the Paleo Baby Podcast. I'm Julie Kelly and today I'm very honored and excited to be joined by naturopathic doctor and mom, Julie Walsh, who is the wife of one of my husband's favorite people in the world, Brian Walsh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy to have you. Julie is a, a blogger and a, as I said, a mom and a naturopathic doctor. She blogs over at A Doctor in the House. That's her website where you can find her. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so we've talked, we talked now kind of almost um, at length before we started recording, but we talked about um, just kind of about how our areas of interest overlap. But um, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on your show and reading, reading, have you on the show and reading your blog and what you're interested in is you've kind of been on this like path to finding the most healthy life possible. And a lot of what you cover and a lot of what you talk about is kind of cleaning out the junk from our everyday life, whether it's, you know, our, our, our beauty products, our household products, um, and, and really trying to clean up our, our act in, in every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah. How, how has that journey been for you? I mean, you started out, you know, as, as an ND, were you interested? Did you know about all of this stuff before you became a naturopathic doctor or did it become more and more important or clear to you as you kind of went through the process and became a mom and, and, you know, when did it start to all the bells and whistles go off for you about, you know, the fact that our, our houses and our, our personal care products might actually be dangerous to our health? Yeah. So my, my learning curve was, I don't know, long and steep. So, I mean, I started out in, I don't know, a, a modeling industry. I mean, that's what I did before I went to naturopathic school. So I was, you know, all into makeup and hair and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then when I went to naturopathic school, I learned that, you know, all this stuff was terrible. But basically my education there was, you know, if you choose a product from a health food store instead of one of these department store brands, then you're doing just fine. And then when I had my first child, so it's eight years ago now, I bought a healthy diaper cream. And I thought that I was making a wise decision. And then I discovered the skin deep database associated with, you know, the environmental working group that rates thousands of products or even ingredients for how safe they are, you know, and they scale it from zero to 10, zero being safest, 10 being most toxic. And, you know, I spent double for this diaper cream for my, my newborn that I just wanted to buy the best of the best for and I found out that it was a nine out of a 10. Wow. In other words, like super toxic. So that was really a turning point for me, you know, in saying like, hey, I need to learn more about this, like obviously for myself, for my kids, but then and also for my patients, because I was recommending people go to the local health food store and swap out your products. And that was really the the first, I don't know, moment that made me really know that like, we need to know more about what's happening. I think that, you know, people are becoming increasingly aware that things have kind of gone awry. You know, we're mm -hmm. seeing the increase in these public health issues like cancer and autoimmune disease and learning and developmental issues. Like, why are we seeing this? You know, mm -hmm. but, and people are thinking about like, okay, let's, let's eat organic. Let's avoid gluten. Let's avoid GMOs. Let's exercise more and sleep more. And, you know, they might even be starting to think about like choosing more natural products, but mm -hmm. it goes to, you know, the bottles on the shelves, choose the one with the green leaf on it. And that must be better. Or, you know, the, 
a bottle of shampoo that has to be that's made from herbs. So that has to be better. Let's choose that one. But basically, I I don't think that people even know the half of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like I say that because there's statistics that back that up. Like, you know, 70% of women age 18 to 64 believe their products are safety tested by the FDA. I thought products were safety tested before they were put on the shelves, but they're absolutely not safety tested. And that like that alone, I was like, wait a second, they're not, <laughs> you know, and I learned things like, yeah, 80,000 chemicals have been released into into commerce since World War Two. And 90% of those chemicals have never been tested for safety on human health. Like, how is that okay? You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I there's statistics like 4 billion pounds of chemicals are released into the environment each year. And 72 million of these pounds are recognized carcinogens. And again, like I hear that and I'm like, how is this OK? And we're seeing, you know, that these chemicals, which, you know, we're talking about personal products here today, but they're in our food, they're in our water, they're in our furniture, they're in our pots and pans, you know, they come out of cars and they come out of smokestacks. And so none of us are unexposed, but I, and, and, you know, you can't go crazy and live in a bubble, but I think what you just want to do is reduce your exposure. So, you know, we're seeing this as a problem, not only, you know, like we talked about the public health issues, but we're seeing it in our environment. You know, I I don't know if the people on the call or you are familiar with indicator species, Mm -hmm. but basically these are like, you know, the canaries in the coal mine of our environment. So they, they're sensitive species that tell us whether, you know, a disease is outbreaking, whether there's climate changes, whether there's pollution. So, you know, we're having hermaphroditic fish now, which are essentially like male fish turning into female fish and like having eggs when they shouldn't. And, And that's because of those endocrine disrupting chemicals that are in their environment. So like, we're seeing it our in ourselves, we're seeing it in our environment. And like something has to change. Like one of the stats that really just like makes me so sad is that now childhood cancer is the second leading cause of death in children, you know, and that's like, that's to me is like, gosh, you know, kids are supposed to be healthy. What, what's going on? I find that, you know, a lot of people get overwhelmed by this because they feel like, you know, everybody wants a magic bullet, right? Whether it's for their health or, you know, any problem they have, they just want a magic bullet. And so when you say, oh, you know, there's all these chemicals in our, in our personal care products and in our environment that are causing these problems, you know, people just want to blame it all on that. And, and I don't, I don't think it is a hundred percent anything. I think there's lots of confounding factors that are leading to these problems, but I think it's also overwhelming to people that this word chemicals, you know, I think people are almost becoming slightly apathetic to it because they just feel like, Oh, it, it's just like, it's, it's so much. I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, they just feel like it's overwhelming, but I think, I think, you know, from, you know, what you've written about and what you talk about, it sounds like we can, you know, make some really impactful changes to, you know, our routines and our habits and the things that we buy um, and, and make a difference in, in you know, how much exposure we have to this. Like you said, all we can do is really try to reduce it. But what is it about these chemicals? What, what makes them so dangerous? Um, and why should people really be concerned about the chemicals in, in these products? What chemicals specific, not specific, maybe specifically, but just like groups of chemicals, you mentioned endocrine disruptors, what kind of health problems are we seeing in people or are the people are you are you seeing in your practice? What kind of pro- problems are they presenting with? Well, I see a lot of fertility patients in my practice. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the, you know, that's the main thing, because 
people are having a really hard time for the first time ever really having babies, you know, and they're going to these fertility clinics and spending thousands and thousands of dollars trying to fix a problem. But where's this problem coming from in the first place, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, that's a huge one. You know, there's preservatives, there's many, Many problems with preservatives, and there's there's heavy metals. There's many problems with heavy metals, and and I think that the bigger I don't know these things of like heavy metals, for example, they've always been in our environment, right? You mm-hmm. can find heavy metals in the fossils of fish <laughs> from right. you know long long ago, but now it's like it's the amount. So mm-hmm. and and what's changing now from what existed a long time ago. And I'll still hear people say it now is, oh, you know, it's only a little bit, so it can't really be that big of a deal. And that is like just ancient. It just it dates back to the 1600s and, and Paracelsus where, you know, the dose makes the poison. Mm. So if if you have a lot of something, it makes a difference. But if you only have a little bit of it, it doesn't. And that could not be more wrong. And we're proving it in our own science. You know, if you think of the NuvaRing that mm-hmm. prevents conception at uh, 0.35 parts per billion. And just to give a visual of a one part per mi- billion, it's one teaspoon of red food coloring in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. So this mm-hmm. is tiny, right? Albuterol, you know, asthma medication, 2.1 parts per billion pre- prevents an asthma attack. So like just little bits of something can make a difference. So right. we're kind of learning that now. And then on top of that, like, you know how the body works and how hormones and things are released into the body into tiny amounts. And and that's how chemicals are used to receiving, you know, chemical signaling in the body. Mm-hmm. Tiny amounts makes a cell do something. Cells are smart. The body is smart. So if you were to overdose the body with, you know, a really large dose of chemicals, a lot of those cells would just shut down and as a protective device. So mm-hmm. we can't even activate our own protective devices and shut down with these, you know, tiny amounts of chemicals. And like now we're learning that, you know, these small amounts of chemicals actually like, you know, the combination of many chemicals is causing a problem. So like, you know, one chemical plus one chemical doesn't equal two chemicals anymore, right. but it can equal more and it can, you know, turn on, for example, cancer causing path- pathways in the body when they aren't classified as carcinogens at all. So like there's all this new research coming out and solid. I mean, you can look up the Halifax project on getting to know cancer.org or any of these things. It's like, it's, it's solid that these chemicals are, are an issue. So like back to what chemicals are an issue, I would argue many of them, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and what's interesting is like the European Union in the personal care product industry, going back to them, the European Union's banned 1400 chemicals, Canada's banned about 600, and the United States has banned 11. Mm -hmm. So like, why? You know, why don't, why are we getting all these chemicals unbanned in our products? And that as a mom makes me like mad, you know, I want to know what's in there, you know, what am I putting on? Yeah. I think there's this huge misconception that if it's on the shelf, it must be safe because I think people have put a lot of faith and, and trust in government organizations to protect us from these things when really 
their interest seems to lie more with protecting the companies who, who make these products as opposed to the people who are consuming them. Um, I think recently, you know, one of the more eye-opening things was, you know, the Johnson and Johnson's baby wash and soap was found to have, you know, high levels of, of a known carcinogen and, and people just couldn't believe it. I mean, I posted several things about it on Facebook and, and a lot of girlfriends just couldn't believe that that, that, because it's a trusted family brand, right? Like people have been using it for, you know, time in memoriam. Johnson's and Johnson is just like, you know, a name that's associated with baby soap and baby smell. <laughs> yeah. And um, they just couldn't believe that, that that would be allowed to be sold if it had a known carcinogen. And, you know, I had like people actually angry with me, you know, because I was insulting a brand. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, this is so weird. But um, I think, yeah, there's just kind of this blind faith um, that, you know, they wouldn't put it on the shelf if it wasn't safe. And and I think also, which is what another kind of standpoint is really dangerous is that this whole idea that like the science is settled, and I'm seeing this more and more. And it's really frightening to me as somebody who identifies as a scientist, and as that being my background, and, and seeing other fellow people who graduated alongside of me and are also scientists, you know, taking this stance that that the science is really settled on some of these issues, especially in relation to like the immune system and endocrine system. And, you know, we don't even get into vaccines, but in that whole realm, I just feel like that standpoint, oh, oh, well, the science is settled or, oh, if it was really terrible, the FDA wouldn't put it on the shelf or wouldn't allow it to be on the shelf. That's really, I think, a really dangerous place to stand (laughs) and not get burned. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I mean, and more the the information, again, I just kind of continue to learn on this, but there hasn't even been a federal law governing the personal product industry since 1938. And like of this like multi-billion dollar industry, it's one and a half pages of federal law. Like there's, it's just, it's like the wild west out there. Anybody Mm -hmm. can put anything on these products and they are. And like, you know, even, you know, we always think of like the drugstore brands and the Target brands and stuff like that. But, you know, I've learned that with preservatives, for example, it's like, you know, somebody can, to make a product, you can buy aloe to go into that product that has tons of preservatives in it. But because you're just putting aloe into your product that you're making, all you have to list is aloe on that mm-hmm. label. And you can like put something, you know, nice in there that somebody would like to see like rosemary extract as like, you know, a preservative booster kind of a thing. But it, all, all products have to have preservatives. So you can go into the health food store, I can go in the health food store and find these things that say preservative free and they can't even be preservative free. No. I mean, of that one and a half pages, one of them is if it has water as an ingredient, it has to have preservatives. So these, you know, they're listing preservative free and that's just false. They're in there, you know? Yeah. Well, we've been learning that too. I mean, we've interviewed lots and lots of people for my husband's podcast and, and you know, he's interviewed Thorn, which is the a supplement company. And, you know, they take great care in, in, all of the ingredients that they use in their supplements. But, you know, one of the things that we've learned from them is that what a lot of other supplement companies won't tell you is that, you know, you buy bulk ingredients from a supplier for your supplement. And like you were saying, if you buy ingredient A from a supplement, another, and it's just one of your ingredients in your supplement, you don't have to list the things that are in that ingredient. So if they cut it with, you know, 
milk products, dairy products, or, you know, other allergens, you don't have to list that on your label. So there's just tons and tons of, of ways that, you know, things that you think that you're avoiding could still be in the products that you're buying because there's so many loopholes for, for labeling and, um, and, and creating these products that these companies are very well aware of, even though they're so, you know, poorly regulated, they still know how to get around the few regulations that there are That's right. for labeling. That's right. So you really just can't be too careful. Um, yeah. So what do we do? I mean, how do, what is, you know, in, in your experience and, and when you're working with people, what are some of the easiest ways for people to get started detoxing not only their bodies, but their homes from, from all of this? Yeah. Well, one of the first places that I send people is to that EWG website, mm -hmm. EWG.org environmental working group. There's the skin deep portion of the website. And I tell them just to take a look at their products you know, what products are you using every day in your home? What products are you putting on every single day? Just take an inventory, you know, what are you putting on your kids? And it's, you know, it'll take you a little while. They have an app, you know, to go through these, just, just to get a basic idea of like, what are we using mm -hmm. now? Like the EWG, uh, that website, though they have many, many products, they don't have a lot of them. So if they don't have your particular product, you can choose some of the ingredients off the label and look up those ingredients and see the safety testing for those. So that's like, that's one way that you can just like take a look. Um, the thing is, is there's not all, um, there isn't all information out there on these products. So sometimes it'll say something like, you know, data is limited. And so that's like one, you know, that's a good place to start, but then you kind of have to look a little bit further than that because, you know, I would say, you know, if you do a clean sweep and try to use everything like two, zero to two really is where you want to live with that, those kind of ratings and you mm -hmm. get rid of all the rest. That's a really good first start. Mm. Um, if there's anything that they could cut out from using, you know, like for me, it's like, I, when I first went on this quest, I was like, that's it. You know, I'm cleaning my house with vinegar and baking soda. And you know what? That only lasted a really short time because yeah. though, though I wanted to not use any products once I like learned this and how you couldn't trust the industry and all this stuff, yeah. I also didn't want my house to smell like vinegar and not be clean. Right. So <laughs> from there, it was like I had to look in a little bit further and find out like choosing a few selected companies that you could actually trust. Like just like, I'm, you know, you guys mentioned Thor and you do mm -hmm. with the supplement industry. We do the same thing. It's like you have to just choose some companies that are, are really solid. And sometimes that takes some digging. But mm -hmm. like if you can just find a handful of things to use, Right. that you can trust and rely on mm -hmm. for yourselves, for your home, for your kids, then like that's easily the way to go. And then you can just, you know, continue to use them. Now, sometimes they'll sell out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, as we found, we have to keep paying attention to these companies. You definitely, because you you definitely have to keep paying attention. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's worth it because what happens in the home, it's like we we put these chemicals and we clean these products and we think that they go away. But guess what happens when you run a bath for your, you know, three-year-old in the tub and you just clean that tub with something, you know, some super gross chemical product. Well, your three-year-old's bathing in that product. And, 
you know, it's been chilly until like just recently around here. And so the windows are closed. And so if you spray these chemicals in your house, they remain in your home. They can't even get out from the windows. I I mean, there's plenty of research to back up indoor air quality is more toxic than outdoor air quality. So it's like people think their homes are super clean and, and these chemicals just magically vanish, but they don't, you know, they hang around. So, you know, and with personal products, it's like, okay, so women, moms, you know, we don't get all dolled up every single day, but the average woman puts on about 12 products on their body, you know, like deodorant, toothpaste, whatever they use in their face, soap, shampoo, conditioner, you know, some of them use perfume, which if you're listening to this and you still do, just please please throw it away right now. (laughs) Please stop. (laughs) It's your public service announcement. Yeah, exactly. So I can't stand it. They even leave their house in the morning. They're putting on hundreds of chemicals on their body Mm -hmm. and they don't, you know, it's like you don't even think about it. Like, what am I, what am I housing right now today on my body? What mm-hmm. are these chemicals doing all together? So, you know, back to what to do about it. Check the EWG, do your research, you know, find a few trusted products. And, and the reason really you want to go with the trusted products is that whole like transparency issue mm-hmm. is there's not a lot of people doing a lot of honest things. I don't think in, there's good, good people in the world, but you know, in certain realms I think that has has to do with sales and money there's just right I was gonna say where there's money to be made (laughs) you should definitely be on on your watch and and careful and I think you know there's also just a lot of confusion out there and I think I you know I, I get I get a lot of pushback on on certain things from certain people that aren't necessarily part of the same kind of health minded community or just a lot of pushback when they think that there's just a lot of you know phony information out there and and I tend to agree there I think there is a lot of, you know, misinformation out there, especially when you come into the realm of kind of natural remedies or, um, you know, substitutes for some of these products that we would, you know, recommend that people try to avoid. Um, because I think people get excited about things and they, you know, maybe, you know, we also talked a little bit about how, you know, whenever there's a multi-level marketing kind of campaign, you have to kind of, you know, take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt and do your own research and stay kind of on the, on the defense about, you know, whether or not there's enough transparency and enough trust there to really go with those products. But I think what happens in that situation is you get a lot of people that get excited about a product and they, you know, want to disseminate information really quickly. And I think sometimes people just tend to reiterate and recite what they're told to say without ever really looking into it themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's dangerous for a lot of yeah. reasons. But, um, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have this this conversation was because I think the main message that to take away from from this, and I think the goal of, you know, a practice like you have and a practice like, like we have is we want people to take ownership of their health. We want people to learn and, and educate themselves enough so that they can call BS when they see it. Um, yeah. but also not throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like there are some really good things out there. And I think essential oils is probably, this is probably a really great place to talk about essential oils. I think there's a lot of benefits from them. There's a lot of really great things about them. There's a lot of great ways that you can implement using them in your home and in your life, but they're also not, you know, they're not curing cancer. They're yeah. not, you know, they are not that magic bullet that, that, you know, I think that a lot of people want them to be. Um, or claim that they are. And I think that that's a really important point is that, you know, you have to do your homework on this stuff. But 
you know, if you see one person, you know, saying something negative about or saying something about essential oils that you know aren't true or saying something, you know, really <laughs> glowing about some product and you just know that it's not this this magic bullet, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a that's something you shouldn't use or you should avoid, but you have to do the work for yourself, right? Like you have to you have to find what what's true for you and <laughs> and use them appropriately. Well, and it's really hard because now we have the internet, which is like, you know, (laughs) they say it's like the era of information. It's the era of confusion because anybody can put whatever they want on the internet. And like, you know, just a quick little truth bomb about essential oils is like, I had a long history of looking at them, considering them, then kind of getting into them, experimenting with a lot of them from multiple different companies. Mm -hmm. And like, after years of never really getting down to the the truth of the matter on most of them. And that industry is, is super messy as well. Like I found a few that would work for a handful of things, but like my take home message with essential oils is like, they're boosted up to be way more than they are. Mm-hmm. I think they're fantastic for, you know, diffusing in your home and making your house smell good and swapping out like a Glade plugin mm-hmm. or, you know, just you can put them in a cleaning product if you want, but chances are if that product has vinegar and water in it, you don't have to buy that $40 bottle of essential oil just to add it in there mm. to make it smell like lemon because chances are that lemon scent is not going to stay around at all Mm-mm. after you spray and clean that surface and the vinegar is the only thing doing the work. So mm-hmm. like, you know, they're, they're a nice add on. If you have like a lot of extra money and time and you really want to like dabble in these things, I think that it's fine, but don't feel like you have to get roped into some kind of like monthly auto ship of them. Seriously. And <laughs> the world's going to die if you don't have every single one of well, the, the kicker for me, like when I got into it, the kicker for me was when I got the book that came with it for, you know, recipes. And they're literally, basically, so what it is, it's like a dictionary of ailments. And it's thick. It's like a two inch or three inch thick book. And it's a dictionary of ailments. And literally, every recommendation for every ailment is essentially the same. Well, and, (laughs) and there's 20 choices, right? So you have to buy 20 (laughs) essential oils to figure out which which choice works for you? Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, 20 times $40 a bottle yeah. is a lot of experimenting and a lot of money just to figure out that, you know what, actually none of these worked. And by the time I bought them all, I don't even have that problem yes. anymore. Yeah. So like, you know, it's just, it was too messy for me. And I like transparency. I like something that I can trust. I'm a busy mom. I don't have time to be ordering these crazy supplies and whipping things up and hoping that they work. And maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, I I need, I need the the truth. I need straight up. I need, you know, efficiency. Yeah. 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 And if, and I think that's another good rule is like, if you, I mean, especially if you call BS on something or you, you know, you're an active participant in your health and you ask questions and they're not willing to answer your questions or they can't answer your questions or they snow you with information, like that's a red flag. (laughs) Like that's a real, I'll let people go to your blog and read your posts on calling BS on essential oils. Cause I think that that's a really great read, but, um, but yeah, I think that it applies to lots of different things. Um, and a lot of, you know, I think it's just an important kind of foundational understanding that you should have as you're kind of becoming your own health ambassador is 
be willing to ask questions, be willing to look for transparency, be willing to do your homework and really try to find companies that you can trust. I think everybody's like, oh, I'm, you know, like you said, you know, we're busy, we have, but this is important, right? Like this is, it's your health. It's, you, you know, you, you have to be responsible of it for the rest of your life. So, you know, put in a little bit of work to really find the stuff that works for you. And then you probably won't have to do that again for a while. Like you can usually stick with something for a little while, at least. Um, For women specifically, the one of the biggest things that, you know, when I work with women, the biggest hang up is, is makeup. It's, it's that, you know, it's that routine. Um, Not necessarily with moms, because I feel like a lot of moms I know have like thrown that routine out the window. Um, (laughs) It takes too much time. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's a lot of women that I work with that that's like their one thing, like it's their, their hair products and their makeup that they're not willing (laughs) to part with. And, um, and I don't blame them because I, you know, I struggled with acne and all kinds of problems for a long time. So I had major, you know, self-conscious issues about my skin. And I used to like really cake on makeup to just cover it. I just didn't want to see it. I didn't want to think about it. And if it was covered, I felt like I could leave the house, but I didn't feel like I could leave the house without it. And I tried lots and lots of different products. Some of them were, you know, quote unquote, natural or healthier than others. And they just didn't work. (laughs) They just, they were, they they didn't feel good. They didn't, you know, or they made my problem worse. So what do you do? How do you approach that? How do we get women to think differently about their makeup? And um, in what products do you recommend? Yeah. So that's huge. I mean, you're, you're saying that and so many women that I saw are like flashing through my brain Mm -hmm. because I have that conversation with them all the time. And like, they're like, well, I don't want to look like I work at a health food store. (laughs) (laughs) And like in the mom realm, like, yes, you know, many of us have given up, like, you know, leaving the house looking like a beauty queen, but we also don't want to leave the house looking like a mom. No, You know, we don't want to have dark circles under our eyes and like right. have our hair all disheveled, and <laughs> you know, have snot on our shirts. We'll yeah. probably have the snot on our shirts. I'm really tired can, of like... a guy at the coffee shop <laughs> asking me if I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, of course I'm tired, but I, you don't want to look like a mom. You know, mm-hmm. you want to like, you want to be a mom, but you don't want to look like one. Right. So I'm all for like moms feeling good about themselves. And, and I kind of came back to this myself because, you know, I have four kids and mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like when I was about two and a half kids deep, I was just like tired, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. I didn't want to get dressed and, you know, look good anymore or anything. But I found that when I invested that you know, two minutes in the morning to myself to like brush my teeth, wash my face and maybe put on a little, little like under eye concealer and a little mm-hmm. like lip gloss. I just, I felt better. You know, I brushed my hair and I'm yeah. like, okay. Like it just made me, it made me a better mom to just, I don't know. To- Self-care is huge. I mean, it's, it's really, really important. It's another thing that like I, you know, I preach to women, like you have to take time for yourself. So you I mean, really if, do. yeah, if that's the routine yeah. that makes you feel like you're taking care of yourself, that's good. But I would really prefer that you didn't put a bunch of toxins on your face <laughs> while right. you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, if you put that stuff on your face or your perfume or your lotion, and then you snuggle with your baby, yeah. you're getting that stuff on your baby. And that, you know, that's a really important developmental time when when they're that little and mm-hmm. like you don't want to get that stuff on them because yeah. it really is bad. So that was my thing. And and what you said of trying things at the health food store, that was me. 
yeah. I tried them and I was like, this is horrible. It was expensive and it doesn't work. Like, forget it. I'm going to go back to this other stuff. And then I found a fairly new company beauty counter, which, you know, you talked about the MLM thing. They're not MLM, but they're direct retail. So mm -hmm. they allow people to like sell their stuff, but they're also sold in retail locations, which gives that like third party validation is it's not some crazy thing that can't be sold in like a real store, you know? Right. But I found Beauty Counter because they were education first, product second. So they were really out there like educating people, like the problems with heavy metals, the problems with the industry, like the reasons why we all have to change this kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. so they were associated with the EWG who like I absolutely love and trust. And But then they had this second pillar, like in addition to like their crazy safety meticulous standards that I hadn't seen anywhere. And that was performance. So they also on their team, they have a real makeup artist who like, you know, does makeup for people in Hollywood and has to have them look good. And so they have to, the products have to be super safe, but then they also have to work. And if they don't do both of those things, then they don't become products. And like, I learned that, you know, that took them three years to put a lipstick out because they couldn't pass both of their own standards. And I knew that, like, this was the company for me because yeah. that's how I am. I'm like, I won't do it if I'm not doing it great. So I started playing around with their stuff and it was fantastic because I could choose, you know, I don't do what my face, like, you know, crazy every day, but I could choose a couple things that I could use that made me feel good about myself that worked and that I knew were non-toxic. So like, I love their makeup line, you know, they have a shampoo and conditioner, you know, I don't know if you've ever used a natural shampoo and conditioner, mm -hmm. but I've made that mistake like way too many times. And then yeah. I always went back to my, you know, multiple paraben containing toxic soup that I would use on my hair, what? but they have beauty counters, a fantastic, fantastic shampoo and conditioner like they have a baby line and just you know I don't get crazy about any one company usually but when I see the work that they're doing and how they're not just trying to be a great company but they're trying to like change the industry and mm -hmm. move the needle in the right direction for everybody I'm like this is they're they're doing cool work you know and I aligned myself with them so that's that's my answer to makeup is it's it's my answer to makeup like I said it's my answer to shampoo it's mm -hmm. my answer to my my kids line like I really it's a it's a company that I can really trust yeah that's that's good to know I mean I feel like that's what caught my attention about them was that I I really I liked the education that they were doing and I liked that that was the way that they were leading the conversation with people yeah. as opposed to the selling um, because I think that. I hope that that is, is what really moves the needle for people. Like I hope that that's what gets women to buy these products is that they, you know, they, they become educated, they understand the importance, they do their homework and they realize that, you know, if they come across a company that's putting that much energy, effort and money into, into the research and into the education piece, then, you know, like we talked about with the supplements and like finding other companies that, you know, you can trust, and then then that was probably a, a worthy company to to look into and and to at least t to give it a try. I just started trying out some of their stuff, and I'm pretty happy with it. I'm very hesitant to get back into a makeup routine because I feel like I just have an unhealthy relationship with makeup. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I I'm 
I'm a mom of a two year old and, um, the dark circles are no joke, man. Jeez. Um, and I'm going to be, you know, I'm in a wedding in a a couple of weeks and I'm just like, I've got to figure out what I'm going to put on my face (laughs) because I just, you know, and, and I don't, I feel like, you know, a lot of good has come to my skin. My skin is so much better than it ever was after changing my diet and, and changing a lot of stuff about our lifestyle and, you know, removing a ton of toxic chemicals from my life. But, but at the same time, yeah, for those, you know, special events or just wanting to just walk out of the house feeling a little put together or like I, I tried, you know, having a little bit, yeah, of, of <laughs> under eye concealer and some lipstick does a, does wonders for, for self-esteem. And just feeling. It really does. I mean, I have, I have a four product morning routine and then that is, I do the touch up concealer pen. I do a little of their do skin because it's a, um, it's a, you know, it has an SPF to it. I put some bronzer on because I have some super pale German skin mm-hmm. going on. And then I put on a little bit of their lip sheer and I'm done. It like, it takes me less than two minutes. I usually have at least two kids in the bathroom <laughs> asking me questions while I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. But like, that makes me look like and feel like a person mm-hmm. every single yeah. morning. And yeah. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And some of their other, like I've been trying their, um, some, just some of the lotions and, and, uh, the soaps and stuff like that for for the face, and I've been I've been really happy with with them so far. So yeah, it was really just you know because I get asked so many times as as you do too, like what are you know what can I trust? I'm constantly looking for this stuff that I can recommend to women because I know how hard it is to find companies and products that you can trust. So I thought that I better give them a try myself. So I'm glad to hear that you are you're aligned with them and that you're really happy with that stuff because it's really difficult to find sometimes. Um, so what other, um, you know, you've got lots of, of stuff on your page and your site about, um, you know, how to make these changes. So I definitely think that it's important that people go to your site and do some homework and reading because you've got lots of great suggestions on there for kind of detoxing the home, detoxing your personal care routine. Um, are there any other kind of, you know, top three things that people should think about in terms of, of kind of detoxing and, and, and making these choices for them themselves and their family. Um, like the biggest offenders that, that are kind of in the home or, or, um, the things that people should worry about, um, as they get started kind of trying to figure out how to, how to detox from all of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, we talked about looking at things and, and figuring out like if they're, if they're safe or not. And I think another thing that you can really do is look at something and decide, do I really need this Mm. or not? You know, do I need this extra product? Do I need to clean with this? You know, I like, like I buy a, like one all purpose cleaner, um, from a company called BioClean. And Mm -hmm. I just, I ordered off of Amazon. It was, they rate cleaning products on A through F on EWG. And it's a, a, it's, you know, it's very low, as far as like toxicity and, um, and I use that for everything. So Mm -hmm. I put that in a spray bottle. I can clean my floors with it. I can clean my toilets with it. And so like, and that alone, I mean, I, I go to people's houses or, you know, or even before I even knew about this, like we had so many cleaning products and you don't need all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think just figuring out if like you really actually need this is a good way to, to cut things out too. Yeah. I love their products. I use their, um, their laundry detergent and their, and their all purpose cleaner. I love it because it's concentrated. So you can just buy one bottle of it and it lasts a really long time. Yes, It's fabulous. Um, 
but yeah, I think that's, that's a huge, that's a really great, great point is just kind of evaluating why we have, so a lot of this stuff is just inherited, right? Like you watched your mom right. clean with it. And so right. you feel like you have to clean with it. And, um, it kind of goes back to the food thing. Like I'm always telling people, you know, you need to go back to eating kind of what your great grandparents ate as opposed to what you, maybe you saw your parents eat or even your grandparents at this point. And it's kind of the same thing. Like I guarantee you, your grandma, great grandmother didn't have, you know, a cupboard full of cleaning products. She probably had baking soda yeah. and some vinegar yeah. and, you know, that was, that was probably why. And she, you know, she could have given you a million different recipes for how to whip up, you know, you know, stain remover and things like that from just a few things. So I think it's a little bit about getting back to basic. Yeah. And, you know, and, and people like somebody may be listening to this and be like, oh my gosh, I have to go crazy with this and like, just go like full tilt, crazy, you know, reading and researching, getting rid of things and swapping things out. And you can't do that either. And I always put, put it to my patients like this, you know, in business, there's income generating activities and non-income generating activities. Mm -hmm. And I think in health, there's health generating activities and non-health generating activities. So like a healthy level of assessing what's in your home and what's in your life is good, but obsessing over it, taking 50 books out from the library, you know, signing up for every single newsletter under the sun, <laughs> you know, making yourself crazy with this stuff is it's not health generating. You know, you're causing yourself anxiety. You're taking up space of, you know, probably, you know, cutting out time that you could be working out or going outside or spending time with your kids or, or whatever it is. So, you know, that's my, my warning is don't go too far with, with this, you know, do mm -hmm. your homework, get yourself some good solid products and call it a day. You know, you yeah. don't have to invest crazy amounts of time and energy and like whipping up your own products and makeup and everything, yeah. because that, that just gets nutty. It's not sustainable. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I like that message on your site about not being perfect because I think yeah. that that's, it's, it's, it's a real danger. Another real danger of our internet information society is that kind of pressure for women to have all their shit together and get all yeah. of these things like exactly perfect and exactly right. And I think the more important thing is to get it right for you and for your family. And, um, I don't think you have to be perfect in, in every single category. I think we can all be a little bit better, but we don't have to be perfect. Right. Little steps, little things that you can do, you know, choose one thing this, this week or this month that you're going to try to swap out and just go from there. Yeah. Well, I think that's all really, really good advice. And I'm sure we could continue to talk for probably hours and hours, but um, <laughs> I'll just have to have you back. <laughs> great. It was really great talking to you. Where can people find out more information or find out how to work with you? Yeah. So they can go to a doctor in thehouse.com. That's where I have information about my practice. I have information, you know, about Beauty Counter. If you do want to know more about Beauty Counter and you decide like, you know, you want to take a step in the right direction and order something and you do order from me, um, just send me a quick email through that contact form on my website and I'll send you a little free prize just for saying thanks for listening to this podcast and um, supporting, you know, safer products in the in industry. And um, yeah, and feel free to reach out with that contact form. Any questions, you know, if you want a, qu a question that you have that you want to address, that's usually where a lot of my blog posts come from is, you know, my community are like, I want to know about this. And then I'll do a blog post about it. So oh, that's, that's a great way to stay connected. Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate your time today and talking with you. It was a really fun conversation and I hope we can do it again. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Julie. Bye.